there are two things that every creative person has to grapple with in their life, and that's profession and craft. You know, doing it for the money and doing it for the art. And I know you think we've talked about this topic before, but we're going to do it in a different way on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love. I got sick over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, my husband brought home the summer plague that's going around town, and yeah, I'm still not 100% today, but I'm muddling through, and we're going to have a talk about professionalism and craft, because, well... It's a lot of what I think about here lately. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast on whatever app you're listening to me on. Really does he help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast to more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance that we get to interact with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Uh, I... I have this long-standing joke that I make with people when they ask me what I do for a living, and I, yes, cribbed it. Special points to anybody who can identify where I took the joke from. When they ask me what I do for a living, I very clearly and cleverly, at least I think so, say I have constructed my entire life as efficiently as possible to prevent myself having any responsibilities at all. And it's a bad joke. I get that it's a bad joke. Quite often I actually just tell people I sit around and play with my imaginary friends all day just because I know what people think when you tell them that you're a writer. They assume that you're an alcoholic, that you have depression issues, and that you have unrealistic expectations of what you will be able to accomplish in life. Why do I know that? Because those are usually the reactions that I get from the average person when I tell them that I'm a writer. Because, you know, which it's funny because when I tell them that I'm a podcaster, they go, oh, that's nice. And... I can hear the uh, patient self-loathing in there that just tells me that they've lost all respect for me as a person, and I find that funny. And I haven't decided which I enjoy more, the condescension I get when I tell people I'm a writer, or the disdain I get when I tell people I do a podcast. But today really isn't about what other people think about us. Because let's be honest, the real problem is what we think about ourselves. And this can be really problematic for writers, especially writers who have an absolute love for the craft, who 
have a compulsion to do it. And I make that distinction early because I know writers who, yeah, they enjoy writing, but they care more about the check, the fame, and what have you, and it's more about questing after that than it is this bizarre psychological compulsion to write. I actually remember the first time I didn't feel crazy was when I read Terry Brooks's autobiography, Sometimes the Magic Works, and hearing him discuss his relationship with creativity and how the stories just pounce upon him was one of the first times that I heard my story come out of somebody else's mouth. I read that book when I didn't know a lot of other writers. And now that I do know quite a few writers, and I can say that not everybody experiences the creative process in quite that way, but quite a few of us do. But regardless of how your inspiration strikes, whether it claws inside your head like Athena wanting to be born or not, we all have to struggle between two things, and that's this idea of being a professional and working on our craft. And the biggest problem I see in that is I don't think we have a lot of role models for what it means to be a professional writer. Mainly because it's not a job. I mean, I read The War of Art too, and I rather enjoyed it. And yes, it, it is a job in that if you want to have success in it, you have to show up every day, you have to put the time in, you have to work no matter how you feel or what you think you should be doing that day. And I agree with that. But it's not a job in the traditional sense. No two writers have exactly the same process or daily routine. The way we come up with our ideas, the way we craft our ideas, the way we work, the way we edit, the way we revise, the way we publish. None of us are exactly the same. So while, yes, you can go to school and yes, you can learn various tips and tricks about writing that may or may not help you. You can't really go to school and learn to be a writer no matter what anybody says, because you have to discover what it means to be a writer for yourself. You have to discover what it means to be creative for yourself. As much respect as I have for many of the writers who came before me, I, I will never pretend to be older than I am to get a job working for Rolling Stone. I will never falsify documents so that I can publish my short stories just so somebody will Listen to them, read them, enjoy them. I will never be able to go to a sold-out crowd and read my manuscript to them because they came to the room to hear me read my manuscript. Those are actually things that famous writers have done. I'm not going to name names. If you want to know, let me just hit me up on social media. I'll tell you who's who. But that's not the point. Our path into writing, our path into creativity, and our path once we get there is always different. 
So what it means to be a professional, what it means to have writing as a profession, or any creative position for that matter, is different from person to person. Am I any less creative than others because I do a podcast rather than a YouTube channel? I prefer podcasting. I really like it. I like being everywhere. I like not being reliant on YouTube and Google's algorithms because I can put my podcast in numerous places. I just like that freedom. I'm that kind of a person. But does that make me more or less creative? And the real answer is it doesn't do either. Just because I do a daily podcast doesn't make me more creative than somebody that does a weekly YouTube video or a monthly newsletter. This is how my creativity expresses itself. And that's the problem with profession. We all have to discover what it is that we're wanting to do for ourselves. And then the hardest part of it all figuring out how we want to accomplish that. Because in the end, that's how we get to where we want to be. You can say whatever you want about J.K. Rowling and how good the Fantastic Beast movies are. She got where she is because she got to do exactly what she wanted to do. She got to write her books. She then got creative control over the Harry Potter movies when they were made. And now... She's transitioned that into complete creative control over the Fantastic Beast movies. Which I think their greatest flaw is that she's still in novel writing mode. And screenwriting is a little too new to her. But that's a topic for another show. Many of us will never be able to follow her career model. We don't have a friend that works at a publishing house that can get us that contract. We won't have the ruby dust poured on us in the middle of the night that makes our book blow up into this international bestseller. Have the creative power to say, no, I get to say what goes in and what doesn't in the movies. Because there are things that have to be in there because you don't know what's going to happen in book seven yet, but I do. Her profession, Stephen King's profession, and Rice's profession, Ursula Le Guin. Margaret Atwood. Their professions are not ours, even though they all have the same name. We all call ourselves writers, but we all approached, worked at, and executed this task differently. And that's the first thing that we have to get over, is that we have to find a way to forge our own way and not expect anybody to show us the way that we should go. Creativity and the craft are another big problem that faces any kind of creative person in any creative endeavor. I've noticed that the stories that I write have taken on a completely different tone and texture once I discovered Kishoten Ketsu. See, I had always written the way I had learned from a very Western model, and it was unsatisfactory. And then over the years, I kind of crafted my own brand of storytelling, which I thought was unique, and that is the flaw that every 
creative has, thinking that they have cracked some secret code that no one has ever cracked before. Only to discover that for hundreds of years in China, Korea, and Japan, they've basically done exactly what I did, except for they have more theory behind it. Which, once I learned it, it really helped improve what I was trying to do. And that's the problem. You see, we think that there's a way to tell stories. Well, the fact that I've switched from a Western model to this, I'm going to say Japanese, because most of the advice on writing this that I've taken, most of the information that I've taken in, are from Japanese sources. So even though it kind of covers a lot of countries in the region, my experience with it is primarily from a Japanese source. But who knows what types of storytelling we are not exposed to from Central Europe or South Asia or from the African continent or from South America for that matter. My urban fantasy fiction was highly influenced by works of magical realism from South American writers. And they have a different mode. They have a different way of telling stories because they come from a different cultural heritage. They come from a different literary tradition, a different folk tradition. Who knows how many ways to tell a story, how many versions of the craft are out there that we are ignorant of simply because we haven't been exposed to them. Because in our arrogance, and I'm not saying that as an insult, and I'm just saying that we, that's what we do as a culture. We assume that, oh, the way we've always done things is the way things have always been done, and the way things always will be done. Every culture on Earth has assumed that, and every culture on Earth will continue to assume that, even though it is wrong, and never will actually be accurate. Craft is something we also have to discover for ourselves. Now, I do episodes every now and then on how to be professional and how to do this, that, and the other in the craft, and if they're helpful to people, then great. And I watch a lot of other people's craft videos, I listen to a lot of craft podcasts, because I want to learn, I want to be exposed to as many ideas as I possibly can, because you never know when you're going to find that one that you've been missing, or who's doing something you've been trying, but has actually figured out exactly why and how it works. You just don't know. So it's a never-ending process. Just as we're always trying to define exactly what it is that we do, that being our profession, we also are always trying to figure out and define how we do it. And that is our craft. How do we choose words? Do we believe that adverbs are the antichrist? That we're going to exile an entire part of speech from our writing because Ernest Hemingway didn't like them? And those that came after him adopted his belief that these helper words made sentences seem weak? Or are we going to fall in love with them and find ways to use them that make us happy? That express the feelings that we have? That's a personal choice. There isn't a right or wrong answer. 
And that's what makes it so difficult sometimes to be a creative person. This dress should be red, but which shade of red should it be? What color is it exactly? You see, there are infinite choices. There are slight variations that to some eyes are indistinguishable from each other, but to others are so clear and plain that it can seem off if the wrong one is chosen. It's all a matter of taste. It's a matter of degree. It's a matter of exposure. I like a lot of Japanese fiction, which is one of the reasons why I found my own fiction lacking. There was something wrong with the way I was telling stories. Especially when I started reading Japanese novels. I really liked them, and I found them so different from the kinds of novels that I read in English. And I couldn't figure out why. Now I know. The basic structure of a story, for a lot of them, is different. Now I know. And now I can incorporate that into my craft because I know it is something that I like. I know that it is something that is there and something that exists. Every story doesn't have to be about conflict. It can be about revelation. It can be about contrast and difference. And those are as interesting and exciting to me as conflict is. And so those are the stories I try to tell. That doesn't mean there's not violence in my stories, that there's not action scenes. But those are the tales that I tell. And they're the tales that I learned to tell because I realized that I loved them. I have been engineering my craft for all these years, and I can share what I've learned, but I cannot give you my craft. And beware any writer who says that they can teach you how to write a novel, that they can teach you how to write a best-selling novel or a good novel. Whether they know it or not, they're lying to you. They're lying straight to your face. Because I've written quite a few novels in my life. And the one thing that I can tell you is everyone is different. Everyone has had a different process. Everyone has wanted to be written in a different way, in a different style, in a different format. The lengths vary. The number of characters vary. The intimacy of the stories vary. There's a lot that goes into crafting a tale. And it's not as simple as, learn these tips and tricks and everything will be fine. And I get frustrated sometimes when I see, I think, well-intentioned authors thinking that they can somehow actually share what they've learned with others in a way that will perfect what they're doing. We can help each other. We can pass on what we learned, but just because something was helpful to us does not mean it will be helpful to someone else. We are the masters of our own professions. We are the masters of our own craft. And it is as individualistic as each and every one of us. You will never find two people who craft the same way. There are subtle nuances, even in the closest styles. 
that differentiate and make different. And that is the glory of the world. So don't be upset if you're not as adept at doing something as Neil Gaiman or any of the other writers that you might look up to or any of the other artists you might look up to. They had to learn their craft just as we have to learn ours. I hope you enjoyed that. It's just kind of a little meditation that's been rocking around in the back of my head lately. If you did and you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. Tells the algorithms to share me. That helps. Speaking of helping, if you've got a dollar you can pass my way, in the show notes you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the community support tab. The difference between the two is the people on Patreon occasionally get stuff. If you don't feel like giving, or you don't have any money right now, that's okay. But if you know somebody you think would like this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out a lot, too. And I want to say thank you to Art Frank for uh, tagging me on that discussion of trans people talking about Deep Space Nine. Because I don't know why, but every time I'm around a group of fellow trans people and we start talking about Star Trek, we always immediately go to the Trill and to Dax. And yeah, I've done quite a few episodes on that. Made me laugh, made my day. And I wasn't feeling very good that day. It really helped, so thank you. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun.